0: Welcome to the BizTimes MKE podcast. I'm Arthur Thomas, Managing Editor at BizTimes Media. This week's episode features a recent presentation at the Rotary Club of Milwaukee, our podcast partner, by David Reeves. Reeves is a Milwaukee native and the former president of OpenGov. He's now an executive in residence at Marquette University and doing many other things in the city. In this episode, he discusses the decision to open an OpenGov office in the city of Milwaukee and why his criteria for any future operational leadership role he takes includes a company adding a milwaukee presence he also addresses the need for, to understand where technology is going not necessarily where it is and some of the challenges milwaukee faces in becoming a destination for top tech
1: talent we hope you enjoyed the episode Good morning, everyone. Today, I am excited to introduce David Reeves, a guy who has made a large impact on the Milwaukee and tech community since moving back here just a couple of years ago. David is a Milwaukee native who, upon graduation in 1992, began a tech career that moved him around the country, and he spent the last 16 years prior to moving here a couple of years ago in Silicon Valley. He's held executive roles for PTC, a 12-billion billion dollar software company out of Boston. Zora, where he led the subscription startup in revenue during its peak growth years and ultimately to an IPO at a $2 billion valuation. David's recent role was the president of OpenGov, where he led the cloud software company from $2 million in revenue to over 500 employees and an $800 million valuation. He also hired 46 people and brought them here to the new Milwaukee office that he opened up. After stepping down from OpenGov in January, David is helping the Marquette Business School in Milwaukee as an executive in residence as well as advisory work with private equity firms. He's also an investor at a new local VC firm, a board member at Journey House and an active member in the Milwaukee Tech Hub dedicated to bringing more technology and jobs to our city. I'd like to welcome David Reeves.
0: And of, and of course, my uh, thank you, Richie, of course, my proudest career moment was being on your podcast. Yeah. Yeah. That was the highlight. I'm surprised. I'm surprised you didn't mention that uh, as as my real highlight. You th- thank you. Uh, R- Richie, Mary, Todd, and all of you. Thank you. Thank you for having me speak this morning. It's uh, great to to see all of you and uh, I appreciate the invite. I really do. Um, so. What I want to do, just give a little background, um, I know, Richie gave a little bio, uh, but I want to give you a little background on some of the inflection points in my journey and career as to why I even care about uh, bringing tech to Milwaukee and why this uh, it matters uh, to me personally and, and why I think it's, it's, it's an exciting opportunity for our city. Um, as Richie said, I was born, born in, in Milwaukee, My uh, father's from Bayview and uh, grew up on the south side. My mom's one of 15. I'm, I think I'm related to half the south side. So I, I do have some big roots here. But one of the big things that happened, one of the first inflection points in my life is when I was uh, a, a young uh, kid, about 14, 15 years old, my parents had a couple of fast food restaurants in the Grand Avenue Mall. And so that was a, a little bit my first, uh, I give my mom a lot of credit because I guess she was, she was the first kind of entrepreneur where I learned that where we had our, our own family business and, and just learning all the, the challenges and the trials and tribulations of that and uh, being able to manage people at a, at a young age. So. I'm very excited about what's going on at Third Street Market because it seems you kind know, of full circle from you know, 35, 40 years ago when, uh, when my family used to have a presence there. So um, I went to college at UWM and I studied political science and history. So I know I've been, had a business career, but really uh, uh, started out there. And then while, while I was uh, going to school, I actually lived at Marquette uh, with some friends that worked for my mom's restaurant and uh, lived you know on Marquette's campus. And that's where I met my wife. Uh, so a lot of rattle roots at Marquette, which you'll hear. Uh, not only did I meet my wife there, but my daughter goes there, and so a lot of a lot of history with Marquette, and I'm involved now, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Uh, nice to have my daughter there in that. But I've been in tech uh, since graduation. I got a little bit fortunate, you know, when you're looking for a job out of school. I ended up with Southwestern Bell Wireless was my first role, and been in tech ever since. And and so that wireless career that I started um, when I first graduated from college. Um, I had a lot of success at an early age, uh, ended up moving to Chicago. And while I was in Chicago, I was managing, you know, at a young age, about 25 years old, I had probably 50 70 employees, and we were doing wireless systems for uh, some some big businesses, including Chicago Board of Trade. And one of the big inflection points in my career is at the time, the traders were looking to figure out how to uh, be able not to be tethered to the to the trading floor. And so we were coming up with a wireless solution to figure out how they could get updates on all the commodities. And I partnered with Motorola uh, on what was really early, uh, the real early smartphone uh, concept. In fact, the battery life didn't even last long enough on the phones uh, to, to make it commercially viable. But we're, anyhow, long story short, it was, it was really revealing. And I was the general manager of the, of the group. And when building that solution, I, I really learned that it wasn't about the hardware it was about the software. And Motorola had just come out with the idea of software on the phone. But more importantly, I I hired someone to build the software system to interact with the towers and things like that to make the system work. And I very clearly learned that it's not about where the technology is today. It's about where it's going. And I realized at that point that the software is what really brought it all together. And I started a software career in, in 1998 with a um, a, a leading engineering software firm out of Boston called PTC. Um, yeah, unless you're in product development, some of you are shaking your heads. Yes, it's a, a 12 or $13 billion company now. Uh, so uh, a lot of people don't realize how big company it is, but it's really the leader. I, I used to work with Harley Davidson and it helps design all the motorcycles and Johnson Controls, Harley, things like that. Uh, but so I, I learned then that it, you know it's not about where we are, it's about where we're going and to try to uh, get in front of technology and, and the amazing business opportunities associated uh, with kind of understanding where, where the world's going. Um, at PTC, I, I ended up uh, getting a chance to uh, help run a, div- a company that they bought, which was a smaller company. Even though PTC uh, was almost a billion dollar company by that point, I got a chance to run a smaller company. And that was a great opportunity. PTC had moved me out to California and moved me to Silicon Valley. So originally I ran the Western United States. And when I, uh, I didn't want to move back because my kids had moved around too much and ended up running a smaller company for them. And while I was there, you know, living in Menlo Park, California, where all the venture capitalists, is kind of the Wall Street of the West. Um, you know, it just was inevitable that I was going to get even more entrepreneurial and go with even smaller companies. And so I ended up doing that um, uh, Went to a company called Zora, uh, which was founded by employee number nine at salesforce.com. And he was both the chief strategy officer and the chief marketing officer. And he really kind of coined the phrase the subscription economy. And once again, it was getting ahead of the technology curve at the time when I joined the company, I think 2011, 2012. The concept was that the world is no longer just about widgets and skew based, you know, hammers and, you know, put it on a conveyor belt and and S S K, you know, co SKUs and things like that. It's about monetizing uh, subscriptions. And at the time, as everybody knows, you know, cable and, you know, Wall Street Journal and things like that were known as subscription. But uh, today, as all of you know, uh, so many things in our lives from food delivery to, uh, you know, to, to vehicles, to everything is, is now being done in subscription. And I was very fortunate to get in the ground floor in a company uh, that was, changing the way companies monetize their relationship with customers uh, from one-time charge to more subscription, which we all know now and all have plenty of subscriptions. So uh, that was a great experience, though. I was there from $16 million, uh, to over $100 I led revenue there, and that company has since gone IPO and is you know now worth a couple billion dollars, as Richie mentioned. So it's a great experience to work with people that are very entrepreneurial and be right in the middle of Silicon Valley in terms of the innovation cycle and the kind of uh, groundbreaking ideas uh, that come out of there. Um, after being there for four years and uh, having a very successful run, I was quite excited about uh, potentially, uh, you know, the IPO and I was going to stay and kind of ring the bell and NASDAQ or the New York Stock Exchange, but I, I had an interesting encounter with um, uh, a couple individuals. One is uh, Mark Andreessen. I don't know how many of you know who Mark Andreessen is, but he's the one who invented the internet browser. And uh, he actually is from New Lisbon, Wisconsin. It's a very, uh, not, not too very well-known fact because he's such an icon in Silicon Valley, you know, having a, a built, built the original browser and sold it to AOL and things like that. So uh, really cutting edge. And I talked to him, I met him through a colleague that used to be at PTC, and uh, he and also the CEO of OpenGov named Zach Bookman. And what they talked about was that everything I had just done at Zora, which is helping you know very kind of creative entrepreneurs, you know cutting edge people, I said, well that doesn't exist in government. in fact, the opposite uh, the government was probably fifteen years behind in technology, and that there's a tremendous business opportunity to help bring cloud technology to government and change the way governments behave and operate and become more effective and more efficient, more like private sector and to me, I like to bet on inevitable things, I know we all do, but uh, it just felt like you know, I asked myself the question, is it even possible that the government sector is just going to completely skip this whole cloud disruption that's going on in every other industry? And that just seemed illogical to me. And I thought if somebody's going to do that, why well, I should, I should, I should do that. That should be, that should be fun. And so that's what I've done the last six and a half years. Uh, I, I joined OpenGov, which is now the leading cloud uh, software provider and really helping modernize uh, cities and counties across the, the country at 1200 customers. And um, you know, it was kind of exciting. I joined the company. It was just $2 million in revenue. It was kind of a different incarnation. And now, you know, it's, a, it's as Richie said, it's a, it's got a nice valuation and is growing nicely. Very proud. We had 520 employees when I left. But uh, most importantly, uh, I hired 46 people here in the Milwaukee area. What happened there is another inflection point. Um, I was living in Silicon Valley during the pandemic. And um, I had bought a, a second home here in Milwaukee in the third ward. And we just loved it and and you know as we were in Silicon Valley and the world shut down and California really shut down. um, It was it was so exciting to escape to Milwaukee and to be with family and friends and loved ones after being gone for 20 years. And um, I was really one night over a glass of wine told my wife why don't we just stay in Milwaukee. Uh, We love it here our hearts are here. This is where we should be. And um, you know the truth is I never would have moved. Uh, From Milwaukee, except for there wasn't the technology jobs. So I was in Chicago, Boston for five years, Silicon Valley, as 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 Richie said, and it wasn't for not wanting to be here. My heart was always here, but I, you know, so in moving back, when the offices closed, I put an office, uh, I put an office here in the Third Ward, the Global Water Center, and uh, worked on a partnership with Marquette to hire new grads there, and that was a lot of. Uh, the impetus for 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 moving the office here, and it really got me excited about you know whether the possibilities are to build more of a tech ecosystem in Milwaukee and how many other people like me have lived away that really want to be with family and friends in Milwaukee, but how can we create a tech ecosystem that's vibrant and really help diversify the economy right i mean we have a very proud manufacturing heritage, but as we all know, the manufacturing you know has its ups and downs based on the the economy economic cycles but you know, no matter what happens is if you just look at the last twenty years, nothing's stepping the technology advancements and, and the and the growth there. Um so I put an office in Milwaukee that was very excited and and, and really even while I was there and, and started working with the Milwaukee Tech Hub and trying to think how can I give back more uh and, and help Milwaukee that way. And so a little bit of my mission and why it's left, uh if I didn't if I didn't have uh you know more op- opportunity elsewhere. But What I'm seeing, you know, during the pandemic and and since since then is that there's a change in the world and a change in the country. If people are not going to be tethered to offices, which is happening now, you don't have to be in Silicon Valley. You don't have to be in Austin, Texas or Boston uh, to have a tech career. And as people are starting to move from home, uh, move and work from home and the economy is changing that way and probably about a half million people have moved out of California the Bay Area. Anyhow, it's just a tremendous opportunity for our city to capitalize on the change. Right? we all know about zoom and all the different uh, ways to communicate now that people are working from home. So it really comes down to the future is where's the right quality of of life and where do people want to live? And can we build good tech jobs? uh, You know, in Milwaukee, and I I believe we can. And that's one of the reasons why I'm here uh, talking to you all today. I think this is really important for our city. Uh, there is so so much change in the world, just even since the pandemic, uh, that, is, that has created You know, more automation and, and, and technology changes. And we just don't have enough people that understand technology to kind of keep up. Um, so it's not just a Milwaukee problem, it's a global problem. Um, they're saying by 2030, there'll be a global shortage of tech workers that'll be probably about $8.5 trillion in kind of lost revenues um, just because we can't fill these jobs and we can't we can't keep up with the pace of innovation. Uh, the digitization process that we all know about that happened during uh, COVID. I mean, think about it. All these business processes that used to be manual, people had to get online. I helped governments get online. They, you know, you can't pay your permits uh, at City Hall when City hall's closed, right? So I brought permitting online to governments. And when you think about You know, permitting online and communicating online and all the different operations of every company now, even old school manufacturing companies, the amount of the business processes that's being driven operationally through technology is important. And now we have artificial intelligence, machine learning, um, the cloud uh, continues to just uh, accelerate and there's a talent gap. And I really would like uh, Milwaukee to, to capitalize on this, on this amazing opportunity. Right now, there's 1.4 million uh, shortage of software engineers. There's just not enough of them. And uh, this is personal for me as well, another inflection point. My son got a computer science degree and my wife and I really wanted him to go to Marquette. And at um, Marquette, he did get accepted in engineering, but they just didn't have uh, the program that he wanted in computer science and he ended up getting a cyber cybersecurity degree. And, um, you know, now works for Accenture doing, uh, you know, helping companies uh, get more secure, you know, with all the threats there. And, and, you know, Marquette is obviously beefing up uh, that department, as are many, but I just think there's sort of more to, more to do there. And these are great paying jobs. Uh, one of the reasons I started moving jobs out of Silicon Valley for OpenGov, my average engineer is making $202,000. I couldn't compete with Google and Facebook unless you pay that kind of rate. And even nationally, these are $120,000 a year jobs. And I think if uh, that would be a really boon to our economy to have a lot of those jobs, uh, not just service jobs. And I think we all agree that, that that would be really good for our city and, and, and really help it. So the way I'm kind of looking at it and, and what I'm doing now, uh, some of the things I'm doing uh, through Marquette and also just, you know, individually or personally that I'm passionate about is, you know, kind of think about it in three or four ways. First is how do we um, improve the CS education? I told you my son's story about Marquette, but so I am working with the Marquette Business School with Tim Hanley, the the dean, as well as Mike Lovell. And, you know, they've asked me to help uh, kind of really help think about Marquette Business School as more innovation. Great timing with the brand new business school going up. um, And so really an opportunity for me to help bring some of the things I've learned in Silicon Valley to Milwaukee and to Marquette. And, um, you know, there's just so much going on between, you know, crypto and, distributed ledgers and Web.3.0. All these things are changing so rapidly so that it has to get baked into the curriculum at Marquette, at UWM, at Madison, at MSOE. And so I'll probably be working on things like that to improve the education and get more people from also underserved communities. Uh, we really need to get people into STEM, into those things, because those are really good paying jobs that are game changing uh, for, 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 for people. And, and And I'm really excited about that. But once you get the curriculum going, the other thing that I learned in my uh, uh, service at Marquette, I was talking to a professor and he he has, they have the stats too, by the way. Uh, I work with uh, the chamber of commerce too. 65% of graduates from Wisconsin universities that get computer science or information degrees, they're leaving the state. Well, if you can get a lot more money in Silicon Valley or Austin or Boston, you're gonna do it. And when I realized that it's like, wow, It was great that I moved OpenGov here and I'm starting, I think I'm starting at some trends and getting Milwaukee known for tech. But if we keep having the brain drain where people are leaving, um, that's going to get really tough. And you combine that with, you know, uh, one of my good friends is general counsel at Northwestern Mutual. If you look at all their job openings, data analysts, and all the tech jobs, they can't fill them. I'm also very good friends with uh, Tim Dixon, the CIO at, at Generac. And, you know, whenever I talk to Tim, he says, David, I can't get I can't get talent. I can't get people. Um he, there's more jobs in tech that are really good paying jobs that we can't fill here even in Milwaukee. And so I think I think that's gonna be really uh, part of it is how do we help the region grow? And Cavalier Johnson's been talking about, you know, growth in the city, but you know, how do we grow the city if we can't keep our, our the technology and where the world's going? You know, we wanna be on the front end of that and, and wanna change the, the image of perception that we can YOU KNOW, COMPETE WITH ALL THESE CITIES THAT ARE KNOWN FOR TECHNOLOGY. SO THAT'S REALLY WHAT I'M EXCITED ABOUT. I WAS EXCITED TO MOVE HERE uh, and, to, AND TO BE PART OF THIS. Uh, WE LOVE MILWAUKEE. MY WIFE AND I, WE WOULD HAVE NEVER LEFT IF WE COULDN'T. And SO BETWEEN THE EDUCATION uh, AND THE CURRICULUM, ALSO KEEPING uh, SOME OF THE TALENT, uh, WE THINK THAT MILWAUKEE can, CAN'T REALIZE ITS FULL POTENTIAL AND REALIZE THE ECONOMIC DIVERSITY AND THINGS OF JOBS AND THINGS WITHOUT, without DOING THIS. Uh, so I'm working with people like Lafayette Crump. I'm going to be meeting with him next week. I'm working with the M7. Uh, possibly I'll be working with WEDC. Obviously working with Marquette to think what kind of incentives or things can we do to keep all these, these kids that are graduating with these technology degrees, how do we keep them in our state and have them, you know, be taxpayers in the state of Wisconsin and, and help us build, uh, you know, really a bright future uh, for Milwaukee. And last but not least, uh, while I've had this, you know, amazing opportunity to to help out at Marquette and to do some of the philanthropic things and investing things that I'm doing, you know, I am, you know, talking to a lot of private equity companies, and it's it's funny. I my wife laughs every day. I get more calls about maybe being a CEO or other things for companies. And one of the things that I'm really putting down as a decision criteria, even if if I do take another operational role, is you know, can I put a presence in in Milwaukee, or in in Wisconsin? So the companies that want me to be CEO that are just Silicon Valley based or just East Coast based that there's not an opportunity to help grow the ecosystem. Uh, I'm reticent to take because I, I really believe in this and I think it's it's great for our community and uh, it'll be great for the future of our city. <laughs> Love to take questions. Uh, I only like long. Really long questions that three part minimum. Uh, sorry, Todd, I I have to be i contrarian.
1: David, thank you for coming uh, to our club. Uh, we really appreciate uh, uh, your time here and also your investment in our community. Uh, my question is, uh, when you look at uh, entrepreneurial ecosystems, uh, talent, ideas, and money uh, are the ingredients, and we still seem to have a lack of first and second stage. Um, Dollars here for investments in new startups. So, do you have any thoughts or ideas about how we might address that? Yeah,
0: great question. I think part of it is to build an ecosystem, it has to grow virally. And the reason why Silicon Valley has it is all the graduates from Stanford and Berkeley are creating a, a pool of talent that investors recognize. And so, historically, a lot of startups, even if they were founded in Milwaukee, they end up moving to Silicon Valley to get the engineering talent. So I think some of the things I was talking about is, is key to it. I think there's money. I actually, there's so much venture money right now, and there's a lot of things. I'm involved in a, a new venture fund that started in Milwaukee, and I know there's a couple others even uh, sprinkling up. I don't think it's a, it's, it's a matter of the funding. Uh, I think we have to get more of a talent pool here to be recognized so that people uh, believe that the company can scale. Because if they don't think the company, the investors want to see the company get large, and if they think it's going to hit a ceiling, Um, because we don't have the talent pool in order to grow uh, the company, then that that'll be the challenge. So I I would really put a focus on creating a talent pool here, which is why I hope there's more open govs that bring at least at least a division or a, uh, you know, kind of a regional headquarters here. It doesn't have to be the headquarters. We need to get people here that work in software and it'll grow from there because that's how Silicon Valley grows. It grows virally. People leave their company and go start a company. AND THAT'S THAT it, it, IT KIND OF FEEDS ON ITSELF AND WE NEED TO GET THAT FLYWHEEL GOING HERE.
1: DAVID, SPEAKING OF FLYWHEELS, YOU TALKED ABOUT WATCHING TRENDS. SO where WHAT ARE SOME EMERGING TRENDS YOU'RE you keeping know, an EYE ON?
0: SO there, I THINK THERE'S A LOT OF uh, I TALK ABOUT CRYPTO. NOT EVERYBODY UNDERSTANDS THE TECHNOLOGY um, BEHIND CRYPTO. IT'S NOT JUST ABOUT COINS AND, YOU KNOW, uh, you know THE COINBASE AND THE CURRENCY. There's a lot of technology right now and a lot of highly valued companies that are using the concepts behind crypto, the encryption and distributed ledgers to run companies to make sure everything's exact and take out manual process uh, and have the computers, you know, do that. I think there's a lot of companies that are um, blowing up right now that are trying to main use, use the tech underlying technology uh, kind of mainstream, right? That I also think there's a lot going on a lot of investment in, you know, the driverless cars and, and ecosystems of, you know, what has to go on with electric vehicles, uh, driverless cars. Uh, and then last but not least, there's a lot of talk about metaverse, which is this kind of virtual reality world. I personally don't know, you know, for sure, that that, that has, you know, time in the next five years, the, the business application that that but you know, there's companies that are using that kind of virtual technology as well. So those are three THAT I'M SEEING, AND THEN REALLY JUST THE CONTINUED PROLIFERATION OF CLOUD TECHNOLOGY, WHICH I'VE BEEN PART OF, um, is ARE THE MAIN THINGS. HOPEFULLY THAT ANSWERS. AS YOU KNOW, THE
1: BUSINESS PHRASE IS CULTURE EATS STRATEGY FOR LUNCH FROM THE STANDPOINT OF GENERATIONS, MILWAUKEE HAS a REPUTATION FROM a STANDPOINT OF OLD CULTURE IS RISK AVERSE, CONSERVATIVE, ET CETERA. The YOUNG CULTURE, IF YOU NEED STEM GRADUATES, is, IS YOUTH WOULD RATHER EAT BROCCOLI THAN STEM. SO, SO, PLEASE ADDRESS THE the aspect of the old culture risk ADVERSE, and the young culture math adverse.
0: Yeah, it's a great question Richard. We had a, that was a great conversation on your podcast because in some ways we're, we are very risk ADVERSE, but not 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 in not in every way. But I think I think you're right. I think that has been one of the things I think in in Milwaukee more than in the politics and the conservative approach to everything. It doesn't allow uh progression of the city. In fact, you know, I've met with Mayor Barrett and other people. And I've tried to talk to them about, you know, we have to accelerate the speed of change because the the world's changing, and the young people know it. And when they see their politicians and their leaders not keeping up, right, what that does is cities like Miami, cities like Nashville, cities like Denver, uh, that embrace the change and embrace the speed of change and create more of a uh, innovative culture that that permeates. In fact, I was with David Crawley, uh, one time at dinner and he was saying, Dave, did the stuff you're doing at OpenGov, does it really help like transparency in government and things like that? And I said, you know, what it does is it instills, you know, being being more forthright and showing people, you know, the changes in the innovation and embracing it and not being afraid to share information or data, I think, is important. I think transparency is important. And I think the young people, they they demand that and they want that. So I think it's really the speed and I think it's our business leaders. But it's also uh, the politicians is they have to embrace the speed of change and know that it's competitive with other cities, too. We can't compete with other cities if we if we stay hunkered down to, to old ways. And, um, you know, I, I think there's a lot of people that want to do that uh, here. So it's not that there's not an interest. I think it's a matter of knowing how. And I hope my you know, living in Silicon Valley and the speed at which the world changed, you know, like monthly versus, you know, five years uh, cycles. Right. Hopefully I can help bring a little bit of that here.
1: This is Dan Meyer with BizTimes Media. You've been listening to the BizTimes MKE Podcast. For more business news and insights, be sure to go to biztimes.com and subscribe to any of our daily e-newsletters and our magazine, BizTimes Milwaukee.